this. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back at It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. It feels like it's been a minute because it was Thanksgiving break. We're obviously recording after the Bengals fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. And it honestly, for me personally, it felt like the mini buy was two to three weeks for the Cincinnati Bengals just because of all of the news with Joe Burrell up for the season. Jake Browning's going to start. They're in the situation they are currently in. And then they 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 fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of expected this. I I don't know. Like, I actually thought it might be worse than this going in. Like they made it competitive. Um, I thought it, I was hoping it would look better than this. It didn't look good, but that's just the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers have played a game yet where you left going like, man, both these teams look really good today. <laughs> so they drag you down into the mud with them. And, um, and maybe the Bengals are just a mud team right now. I, it was kind of disgusting to watch. I think we are at the point with this team where even the people who were a little bit optimistic are probably more so where I was going into this game, which is I'm going to evaluate some young guys, see how they progress. Miles Murphy, shout out. He had a great game. Um, But I want to look at that. I want to see what's the coaching staff do when they don't have a Joe Burrow. And can this defense ever get better? Can the offensive line play well against a tough front? Uh, But I didn't go in there thinking like, oh, man, how are they? I think they're going to beat the Steelers. Like, how are they going to get that done? In my mind, like, I don't know. Steelers find find ways to win these cheap, these, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. I almost want to say dirty, but I'm not saying they played dirty, but like disgusting games, kind of what I mean. Like, you know, they they live for these 16 to 10 games and the Bengals, they they haven't played too many of these. So, um, yeah, you were there and that seemed like a miserable experience to sit in the rain (laughs) and cold and watch that. You know, I've been through some bad experiences because I was going to my first game when I was 10. So I've sat through the ups and downs and obviously the Carson Palmer era. But I thought about it going into the game because I've watched this team lose by 35 points before. And we just sat there until the game was over and it was it was a torrential downpour. For this one, it was just that nasty kind of Cleveland Browns week one weather throughout the game. And it, it wasn't it wouldn't have been bad if it was better play on the football field, but there was just nothing to watch with this Bengals offense offensively. And I kind of want to go to Jake Browning right now because look, I I try to see this as a glass half full situation for the Cincinnati Bengals. After I got over the fact that Joe Burrow was out for the season and it is extremely disappointing. If you look around at the AFC right now and you think what could a healthy Joe Burrow do to some of these AFC teams. And it's very unfortunate to be in the position that the Cincinnati Bengals are in. They place him on the IR over the weekend. He'll have surgery on Monday. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. And when I watched Jake Browning, it just felt like Joe Burrow would have thrown for the first down or Joe Burrow would have at least ran for the first down. And he was holding on for a little too long for my liking. I know a lot of fans are feeling like, ah, Zach Taylor, you should have thrown, you should have run the ball when you have a quarterback who's replacing Joe Burrow. They didn't do that. Nothing was working offensively. And you're going against TJ Watt who is one of the best in the NFL and no surprise there when it comes to the pass rush, but overall for this offense, I think it just proved what Joe Burrow does when he's out there. Yeah. Um, so 
I was very interested in what the Bengals were going to do in this game that was different. And really, it didn't seem like they changed it up that much. I don't know what concepts they're running from broadcast because everybody's kind of like runs off of the screen. But when I'm looking at it, a lot of drop back, uh, they, they didn't make it easy on Browning. I thought there was a chance that maybe they'd go into this game and think like, let's, let's hit all the easy buttons. Let's get all the gimme plays. They didn't do that. And on the other hand, the run game was non-existent, both from an effort from the coaching staff and from an execution on the field. It was disgusting. It was bad. And that's how are you as the backup quarterback supposed to play against a tough front when you're always behind the chains because the run game's not helping you at all. You don't get the gimme plays. I don't think they ran like those boot plays with the slide rat, like just stuff that's like, cheap seven yards let's just get seven easy yards here and move on and i don't think they got to that at all uh the eight run rush attempts bad i mean sometimes you might have to force it a little bit and just try to get it to work and uh make the defense honor the run game they had no reason to in this one um, but yeah, at the end of the day, what I, what I think with Browning is he didn't play well. I think I'd actually say he played pretty poor, but he is a backup quarterback that got thrown into the game and got asked to run an offense with a very high degree of difficulty at the quarterback position. And I think that the Bengals offense kind of has a high degree of difficulty at a lot of positions, but that's something we could get into later when it comes to Browning specifically, let down i mean the stat line ended up looking okay for a backup but it i mean a lot of tip balls a few of the sacks were just because he held on to the ball too long didn't really push the ball downfield ever um half of jamar chase's catches came off of tip passes that's not great uh but yeah overall bad performance from the offense in general and i think browning was somebody who was a part of that. He did not harness that chaotic energy for good other than one play. That one play to Irwin, he broke a tackle, threw the ball down the field. Other than that, it was all bad. Like, he'd hold the ball too long. He wouldn't find the way to escape. He didn't scramble quite enough for me because I thought there were a few opportunities where he kept running sideways. I'm like, get upfield. Just just get upfield, and let's pick up six yards that way the run game's not working so let's pick up yards scrambling to make that a run game um yeah i first start i think i'd give him the next start too just because it wasn't it didn't ruin i don't know he only had the one interception he caused sacks he missed he misread stuff interception was late bad i didn't like the footwork i'm not an expert but it felt slow like When I initially saw it, I thought, oh, he was late on that throw. And he was. But he did go three steps and get the ball out. It's just it was one, two, three, ball out. When I feel like if you are reading that and you think I'm hitting the hitch here, it needs to be ball out. You know, like quick, kind of quicken up that drop. And, hey, maybe it's coached that way to drop back slowly. But I just feel like with Burrow, he's so – quick and always ready to throw that though those plays work a little better because it 
it was there. I mean, it, it's a tough, it's a risky play for three yards, but it was there. He just was a little slow on it, left a little bit inside. And that's just, you see that all across the NFL too. I had one on Black Friday where you know, when you're throwing that ball outside, especially when you got an arm, a little popcorn arm like Jake Browning, it's got to be on time. It can't be late at all. And you can't leave that thing inside at all. If Joe Burrow was healthy, I just, I feel very confident. I hate playing the if game, but this team would have won that football yeah. game. I mean, I mean it was yeah. – it's it's not much of a hot take, but when you, you just look at the quarterback play, and, and I'd love to know what Joe Burrow was thinking, but at the same time, there was only one play. Because I know Joe's trying to – he's trying to pump up his guy going into this game and, and obviously, you know, give him that confidence. And Joe's on the sideline. I'm going to tell you right now, it was miserable conditions for four quarters, and Joe Burrow could have been in a suite. He could have been upstairs with Brian Callahan, and he chose to stay on the sideline the whole entire game. And, and I would love to know what he's thinking during some of that because there was one play, and it was when when Jake looked a little like Joe Burrow. He scrambled for the first down. He threw it for the first down, and that was the only time I ever looked at that game and thought, hmm, there's a little Joe Burrow the rest of the game. It just it, it just felt like missed opportunities. And, look, I don't want to put this all on, on Jake. It's very tough to come into this offense. As you mentioned, it's kind of diff- difficult offense. But overall, he's just not he's not Joe Burrow, and we knew that. Going into yeah. this game, you, you kind of hoped you watch that Thursday night football game versus the Baltimore Ravens and you see little tiny glimpses and you think, well, we'll see what it looks like against the Steelers team. And unfortunately, this is what it is. You can look around the league. I mean, goodness, if the Jets are going to give their quarterback another start, I'm OK with giving Jake Browning another start on Monday night football. It's just that it's a it's a bad situation that this offense is in right now. Were you surprised? Because I know it felt like the run game wasn't there, and I, I know fans are calling for the criticism of not running the football. But if you look at the stats, they just they weren't producing with the run game either. But were you surprised there was there was a little less Chase Brown action for him being activated for this game? A little less. There was none. There was, yeah, there was like no, trying to be nice. Trying to be nice with this offense. Like there was We've... nothing there. We've talked about it. They just don't trust a single running back to run the ball outside of Joe Mixon. Because yeah. when Travion Williams gets his carries, they're usually like third and long garbage carries. Once in a while, he'll get a real carry. But he's the closest they have to trusting a running back. Yeah, yeah. they, they don't trust any of these guys. And it's a real hit for the idea of like, ah, running back doesn't matter. And I guess at this point, I, I'm not really terrified of anything because I don't think the Bengals are winning too many more games the rest of the year. But it does reiterate what I was a little bit terrified of during the season of like, well, if you guys, if you don't trust these guys, running backs are a brutal position. Joe Mixon goes down. What is the run game? Yeah. Is it Are they as bad as the coaching staff seems to think with not giving them any work? Or is this just a we don't trust them, then they get into that opportunity and they actually do okay? I don't know. Um so great stat on the run game today. Zero successful plays in the run game. Charted uh, RBs uh, was Ben uh, Ben Baldwin charts success success rate, and the Bengals led the or were top three in success rate last year in the run game after week four when they changed the run scheme. Today is zero. That is obviously the worst that you can do and yeah. probably the worst. I, I don't know if I've seen that very often where not a single run play. All you need for a successful run play, I think, is five yards on first down, half the distance on second down, and then third down has to be a first down. None of them. They didn't get a single successful run play, and that is incredible. Out of all the stats you could look at, just Browning was just constantly put behind the sticks. And 
I think Taylor leaned into a little bit of the Burrow idea of, well, that first down run didn't work, so we got to throw the ball now because, hey, that's what analytics tell you, first of all, and that's, you know, that with a good quarterback, that's smart. You know, let's not run the ball a second time on second and eight and get to third and six. Let's throw the ball here to try to pick up this first down. Well, you got a backup quarterback, so maybe you do just find a way to run the ball on second and eight and try to get to third and two or something like that. Um, but yeah, disgusting run game. And I, I feel like it was everybody like there were some good blocks here and there, but it usually was compounded by a guy missing somewhere else. Joe Mixon didn't make anybody miss today. Uh, he had that one bit. Well, other than that one catch on the screen, but in the run game, didn't make anybody miss. He didn't really run forward through with much power through contact. It was pretty bad from him. I think people have gotten on the run scheme a little bit too much because to me, it's fine. Like they, they're running solid concept. They're doing a lot of stuff that makes sense to me and works and it's gotten better. Just last week, they were creative, effective, and were doing a good job of attacking that Ravens front. This week, they didn't do that, but I feel like it's more execution than anything. I don't think it's so much of the scheme itself. I mean, they're not out there trying to draw plays in the sand that don't make any sense. They're running solid concepts and it's this a lot of the same stuff that they used last year when the run game was pretty successful with P Ryan and Mixon, you know, sharing the load there. I think that with Mixon's poor performance today, feels a little bit like maybe, maybe you're just, you know, he's kind of wearing down. Uh, maybe he's taken a little bit too much work. And that goes back to what we just talked about, Chase Brown. He's not getting any work despite being called up. Well, what do you got in this fifth rounder? You know, like yeah. fifth, yeah, he's a fifth rounder. Fifth. Yeah, Charlie was the fourth. Yeah. What do you got in the fifth rounder? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see what you have in him. But they they haven't given him an opportunity. And maybe losing this game makes them look a little bit more towards the future versus trying to win out. But we'll see. And I would love for him to get a lot more carries. I'm not the highest on him mm -hmm. compared to the Donald Brown coming out. So I think he has a role, but it's more of a committee role than it is – you know, like we've got a hidden gem hiding back there. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think this game is like, look, it. Yes, they're mathematically still in it when you think of the AFC in the hunt, the wild card. I think a lot of people want to be realistic too. I'll be completely honest with you. I went into this game thinking, all right, let's see what the Steelers game does, and then maybe I'll make a determination if I'm all draft heavy or all off season heavy. Or I'm like, yeah, hey, I did hit. I already hit the draft. Like I haven't watched guys or anything like that. I'm not wasting my time there yet. But uh, yeah, I started looking at a little bit of like, yeah, what, what does Brandon Thorne think of a couple of these offensive linemen? <laughs> what is uh, you know, like what what is Parker Blake, friend of the show, both friends of the show? What do these guys think? And draft guy Jared, what do they all think of some of these offenses? Because that's where I'm going to start. It's just where I am. I'm going to start yep. with the offensive line. It seems like people, you too, like this Malik Neighbors guy a lot. I got no idea. He's I fast. do. We got to add another LSU wide receiver. It would make all the sense in the world when Joe gets back to have an LSU guy. I think where I am right now is the realistic, terrible end of the season, but realistic-ish dream would be like getting a top eight-ish pick. Okay. And then... To me, I'd really like if Olu Fontenu or Joe Alt fell to this team. The, it seems like there's two blue chip offensive tackles in those two. And, you know, free agency, you just – the Bengals are spending so much money for competency. None of the guys they signed were the top of the class. 
No. I know top five and spending, but you go back, you look at Ted Karras basically got paid like fringe starter money. He's out. He's outplayed that. Alex Kappa, he got paid starter money, not elite money. You can look at like Brandon Scherf if you want to see elite guard money. Lakin Tomlinson got more. Um, I think Austin Corbett got similar or the same, maybe even more than him too. But he was – all these guys were seen like tier three guys. Orlando Brown, big signing. Like that was yeah. the one. But, you know, he hasn't played exactly up to expectations. At the same time, he also did have that groin injury. And he has seen a decline in place since. And Alex Highsmith got him a couple times today, but it at least it wasn't running through him. It was going around the arc, which is where he's been the weakest. Jonah Williams also. I mean, they drafted him. He's been solid. And I thought in this game, did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sack that he – Yeah. Well, some people are going to talk about both those plays. One, I think that was Drew Sample's guy. Like, I think the idea on that play – I'm talking about the TJ Watt sack now. I'm going on a tangent and I'm sorry. I feel like I'm pogging airtime here. But TJ Watt, when he rushes off that edge, the plan there is Drew Sample hits him and then Jonah Williams is setting out to him and he's going to get him after. What happened was that the Steelers brought a blitz in inside of that to to the C gap between Jonah Williams and Drew Sample. So Jonah goes, okay, well, I got to pick this blitz up because you're way out there. We can't exactly, it's going to be really hard to flip but Drew Sample saw the blitz and said, oh, got to protect inside. But Jonah's setting out there. And that's just one of those situations where, yeah, Drew Sample's been a really, really good blocking tight end. But also blocking tight ends make mistakes. And yep. that's what I think. I don't think that was a you know misidentification from Karras, who I assume is doing like all the protections with Browning in there. I don't think that was like a bad protection scheme. Although, I mean, some people have argued that, yeah, just block Watt. But yeah. But it's a miscommunication. Like they had a guy in place to block Watt in Drew Sample, which, yeah, tight end on Watt, not great, but that's a blitz. And against a blitz, ball's got to come out quick. So as long as you can hit him a little bit, free play for Watt to get a sack. Second one, the first one, though, that was so much like, yeah, Jonah got beat, but Browning held that ball for what, five seconds? No yes. offensive line is holding up. You cannot. Five seconds. Come on, get that ball out. Yeah, I think, you know, offensive line, I'm I'm not even – it's not really a big thing for me in this game. It's Run blocking was the issue with the offensive line. I thought yeah. in pass protection they were fine. Yeah. I mean, for Jake to have the time that he did during certain mm-hmm. times and when he, he had time pass, to hold on to the ball too long. <laughs> I'm like, well, Joe would have already had the first down. Or, you know, you, you always kind of uh, think of these games. What would Joe Burrow do if it wasn't Jake Browning out there? But, yeah, I don't want to be too down on Jake Browning. It's his first real start out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense who I feel like it doesn't get enough credit, and they obviously can can rush the passer, and they were able to do that. But for me personally, with Jake Browning, we'll see. It's really just getting you through the season. I mean, we can be completely honest through it. Um, you can be optimistic and say, hey, there's still time. Maybe this offense will figure it out. Maybe they'll play spoiler the rest of the way. But for me, it's just house money for this team on the offense and defensive side. But offense, it, you know, I hope this does. I'm not a big fire Zach Taylor, fire Brian Callahan. I just, I've never been that way. And even kind of for Frank. It's Collins. also fruitless endeavor, right? Yeah. Like, they're not doing it. <laughs> no, they're not going to. And and for me, like, look, if Brian Callahan gets the option to be a head coach somewhere else, then fine. Good for Brian Callahan. But probably I just think it probably doesn't help him right now with Joe Burrow being out. But for me overall, you know, they're just not, you don't have Joe Burrow out there. Let's just be completely honest. And I hate to and use this that. offense is built through Joe Burrow. Yes, he he yeah. is a very and that's not good, a bad thing. 
It isn't. And there's six games to go. And I think we're going to realize that. And for me, we'll, we'll talk more. What do you want to see from the season? What are you hoping to get out of it? And I do want to see that from the head coach, from the offensive coordinator, because I'm still pro Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and Dan Pitcher. I, I'm not I'm not against them and Frank Pollock. I just want to see more. I, hopefully this kind of challenges them a little bit because you are without Joe Burrow. Let's see some different things out of the offense with creativity and, and just kind of going down the road to see these next six games to see, I don't know. What if Joe Burrow was out there? I don't, I just, I don't know. What, what do you want to see out of this offense before we flip to the defensive side? I want to see them. I want to see them find a way to run the ball better than them this week. I want to see them. I want to see a game and maybe it's next week, but maybe not because the Jags have a good run defense. I think. I haven't looked too much, but I want to see them be able to run the ball and be able to work play action off of it. And let's see, let's see if they can work like an offense where Browning gets some gimmies. Cause I think Burrow could even use a couple more gimmies. Like to me, I would cut some of these RPOs out, which they did today. I didn't, I don't, it's hard to tell on broadcast and Joe Burrow always throws the RPO basically, which is another reason I want it out of there. I'm like, he's, he's, he sees that ball. He's throwing it. You know, like if, if it's there, he's throwing it. And sometimes Sometimes as a quarterback, I feel like you might just need to turn the brain off and just kind of hand that ball off. Like you don't have to do much this play. Like this, this runs good against anything. Just hand the ball off and carry out your fake and just get a breather. They don't give him breathers. They give him RPOs for breathers. And that's, you know, like they're still processing in that. Um, but anyway, I want to see, I want to see the run game work a little bit better so that they can stay ahead of the chains and they can work some type of play action game, get some gimmies. I want to see the screen game work better than it did. And there was a one huge play on the screen, but I don't know. I feel like maybe they need a little bit more frequency of the screens. Still no halfback draw. You're out there with a backup quarterback passing the ball 80% of the time or whatever. And you're not even going to run a draw play. It's fine. Um, so much empty with Browning too. I wasn't ready for that. I thought, oh boy, <laughs> that's like, I mean, look, empty's hard for a quarterback. Sometimes a little bit easy for some guys who've got a quick trigger. Burrow likes to live in empty. Browning, what? <laughs> that was my first thought. I saw all those empties on third down, third and two, they'd go empty, spread the entire field. And I think that's fine. Like some people get real mad about that when you have Burrow in there. Because empty, what's it really good for? Quick game. What's quick game? I mean, essentially, basically, your run play. Uh, not really, but you know, it's not. You're not trying to push the ball down the field, take big drops, and take a big hit. You're trying to just get that ball out quick and get into a guy's hands. But with Browning, I mean, he's late. I mean, he's not processing super fast. I don't know. I I want to see less empty with Browning, uh, especially especially on third down. So I don't, I don't, I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like it one bit, especially when you got TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward, all these dudes, these dogs on the Steelers defensive line and you're out there not giving them any help. Come on, help them out. Help out the offensive line. And it did also feel a little tight. You know, they didn't push the ball downfield. Don't know if that's a Browning thing or a Bengals thing. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Going forward, I want to see them have an effective run game that they can work play action off of and try to see what is a gimme offense, you know, like their version of what Kyle Shanahan can do sometimes where the quarterback's just a puppet for the offensive coordinator because they weren't able to today, if, we, if we're being honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, the run game was so bad that they had to get into drop back play action, drop back, not play action. They had to get into drop back all the time, not play action, not mess with linebackers that way and try to have the quarterback operate at 
a PhD level when he's, you know, more of a high school student level quarterback. That's what it felt like a lot of the time on both sides of the ball. Uh, we'll flip to the defense right now. Just some quick thoughts. Obviously going to be without Cam Taylor Britt. He's more of a physical cornerback. He wasn't out there today. Um, it's unfortunate. DJ Turner, you get Cheeto out there when you think of the secondary right now. And then obviously Jordan Battle. I know you're going to go back and watch the tape and get a better breakdown of that on Tuesday's podcast. But overall, just some quick thoughts on defense. Can't talk about the defense without my guy, Miles Murphy. You know, uh, he had a sack today off of him he strung moves together stab club rip combination carl lawson used to hit that all the time seeing murphy hit it using his length using the you know he's actually stringing those moves together which and he had a plan those are two things that he didn't do in college and he didn't do before you know this season i mean it's been developing a little bit you see him like oh i see what you're going for here but you missed and this time it hit and it was perfect and it was beautiful uh, he also had a couple of pressures. He had one around the outside against Broderick Jones where he got Kenny Pickett on the arm before B.J. Hill demolished him after manhandling James Daniels. That was a great rush from B.J. Hill on that play. Um, and there was another play where he worked inside of Dan Moore and got a quarterback hit. So I thought Murphy had a good game. And that's what you're looking for, right? So if that was a full sack, he now has as many sacks his rookie year as Rashad Gary did. <laughs> so Rashad Gary on Thursday had more sacks in that game than he had his entire rookie year. Like that's, that's kind of the development you're hoping for where, mm -hmm. yeah, I can see how this works type of situation. He had good bend on that uh, sack as well, where he got kind of held and he was able to just kind of turn the corner, get in there and make the play. Um, but yeah, man, Murphy looked good. And I mean, that is a big bright spot when your first round pick, you're relying a lot on him going forward. If he's going to look good like that and be a key piece to this team. Hey, that's great. Um, on the other side, DJ Turner, I felt like it was up and down, but it was a, it was a fun battle with Deontay Johnson where uh, that one play might've been a touchdown, but they didn't, they, they didn't throw a challenge flag. So it wasn't. Um, and yeah, if you're Johnson, hold on to the ball. Uh, there was a last play. He clamped Johnson up a bit and got the PBU, but Johnson also got the better of him a couple of times. That go ball, that was Johnson winning on the release and DJ not recovering. Uh, I thought that was a fun battle. They once again gave up a slot fade on the shock concept, and Mike Hilton didn't stay outside. He was inside. Pickens got the better of him. Some people kept yelling about that being a mismatch. And I was like, well, it, the mismatch didn't even matter. It's not like he put the ball up and Pickens dunked on Hilton. He beat Hilton on the route. And look, anybody, if they're in that position, is going to be able to catch that. So I don't know. And safeties, I got no idea. I, I mean, Jordan Battle made a few run stops. And other than that, it felt like they actually – I was kind of disappointed in Wilson this game. I felt like yeah. they went at him early and it was successful. Like those Fryermuth catches, those were against Wilson in Tampa too. He's supposed to be the guy that's on Fryermuth on both those big plays over the middle of the field. And he wasn't, he wasn't able to make the play. And that was like, a, whew, man, I think you're, you're better than this dude. And some of this is like Wilson and Pratt both. I feel like they are better than they have played this year. And that is a reason that this defense has kind of struggled a bit. Hilton, he's kind of, he's maybe a step slower. I think the linebackers, they haven't played up to their level, their abilities. I think the corners, you know, Cheeto hasn't been himself and he's still not himself. Um, I think DJ, obviously he's a rookie. Cam Taylor Britt, mostly up, but they're, you know, he's also a second year guy trying to figure it out. The safeties that we know what's going on with all that. 
They got no interior depth. Like this defense, we were high on it, but I think it's more than just Bates and Bell left and now they stink. It's guys that were playing at an okay to good level have kind of regressed this year. And maybe you could say that's some of the safeties like they, you know, Bates and Bell kind of aligned those guys covered up some weaknesses, but at the same time, they just have to play better too. Like I've, I've watched them and, I, and they've played better than this before. So we'll see what that going forward. I mean, even though we talked about offensive tackle wide receiver possibility in the draft is also one defensive tackle that I would abandon the offense, the offensive strategy, if he's there and maybe, Maybe your guys aren't there, or maybe you really just want to go there because it's a deep wide receiver draft. You can go somewhere else later, or you grab tackle later. I, I personally, I would love to see a blue chip tackle go to the Bengals. So, I mean, now I'm really scrambled. I'm not even talking about the game, but in my mind, I'm just like, man, when was the last time they drafted like a, a blue chip guy? Because Jonah wasn't blue chip. He was like a step below that. Like people thought, like, oh yeah, Jonah, he'll be a solid starter, and that's what he is. But like they 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 haven't gotten a Penny Sewell type where it's like oh I mean that guy could be the best tackle in the league. Yep, we will get to plenty of draft stuff. Yeah, the good news yeah, for you is we do have plenty of months. Right and uh, we're just gonna recap the show again. I know Mike's gonna go back and watch the tape. We'll talk about that on Tuesday night. Look ahead to Monday night football. It's very unfortunate we are not getting the Joe Burrow Trevor Lawrence matchup. I think a lot of people are really excited about in early December, but we will have plenty to talk about for the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe T Higgins returns um, kind of been battling that hamstring over the last three games. So to be determined if Cam Taylor Britt is out there, we'll have more later this week, but overall what we know now quarterback Joe Burrow going to have surgery Monday morning. When you're listening to this, you'll Joe Burrow probably be in his surgery <laughs> and we'll have uh, later updates when we get them from me and Rappaport and the other NFL insiders. I know you'll have plenty over on all Bengals. What's up there? Um, well, I'm going to watch the film, figure out what I'm going to write about. I mean, I already wrote about Murphy. Otherwise, I would if I did a great game. Maybe it will just look in maybe more schematic or maybe I'll look at somebody else because I looked at battle before. I've got no idea. I'm going to watch and figure it out as I go. I think that's how Bengals fans feel right now. I'm going to watch and, and, and just figure it out as I go over the next – there's six games to go for us. Yeah. Uh, we've been in this position before, and uh, we are here again over the last few years. And hope it's the best glass, glass half full for me personally is if you get out of it, you're not mathematically out of the playoff hunt, but if you get out of it, you, you start to look ahead to a lot of the options that uh, you could add on this offense or defensive side. So we'll talk about that as we go. But thank you as always for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.